0: Good morning everybody. good to uh, be together again in this way and uh, really looking forward to um, sharing what I believe that the Lord has um, placed in my heart for uh, this morning. I feel like I've had another one of those weeks. I feel like I haven't had them in a while but one of those weeks where I had a good idea what I wanted to bring this morning and uh, and then over the last sort of 48 hours um, that's went on its head. So um, so you may maybe one of those Sundays you need to just uh bear with me, hang in there, while we uh while we see if the Lord is wanting to say something to us, um as a as a church family. So let me just pray, and then if you just want to be ready, actually, if you want to be prepared, we're going to be um looking at Exodus chapter three, um this morning. So if you want to, while I'm praying, uh, you'll be forgiven. If you want to run and get your bibles that would be great that you could read along with me so father i thank you for this time i thank you for the opportunity it is over this platform just to to hear from you to worship you um, to hear your heart for us and god i pray that our ears and our hearts and our minds and our whole beings would just be open to what you would want to do in us and through us this morning Father, thank you for your word. And we pray that once again it would come alive uh, to us today. And Father, I pray that the that the meditations of my heart and just the reflections of my mind would be pleasing to you, my rock and my redeemer. Jesus, I need you. And uh, God, I just stand here now, I am so conscious of I need you of how we all need you God I pray that you would give us an awareness God will you give us such an awareness of how we need you God and our lives would be shaped by by that God how we live God the, the, the understanding the recognition that we need you would shape our lives um, in these days as as, as as never before. So, uh, come, Holy Spirit, we pray. Holy Spirit, we just come and meet with us. Holy Spirit, I thank you that, um, that there is no limits to you encountering your people. I go so in the rooms of, uh, in the rooms of your sons and daughters right now. Would you encounter them? Would you meet with them? Would them experience the 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 radical nature of your love, the kindness of your presence. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So a couple of weeks ago, we uh, we were in Luke chapter 4 and we talked about uh, Jesus, the encounter that Jesus had in the wilderness. And, uh, and we were asking the question, what was it that sustained Jesus in the wilderness that caused him to come out of that trial, to come out of that time of testing in the power of the Spirit. In the power of the Spirit, ready to to set people free, to bring freedom to the captive, to to heal the sick, to bring good news to the poor. And so we we asked that question, what was it that sustained him? And then we wanted to see how he lived. He lived this Spirit-filled life. And the three things that we talked about uh, the three things that caught my attention and uh, we wanted to share them together last uh, two Sundays ago was the practices of Jesus the pace of Jesus and the presentness of Jesus and so this morning uh, where I want to go again is to the wilderness and another encounter in the wilderness and as you've guessed by now I'm sure we're in Exodus chapter 3 and so we're going to look at the story of Moses before we begin to read um, those first 14 verses of Exodus chapter 3 just let me remind you of of where we are in the story there has been a new king has come into power in Egypt we're told in the at the very beginning of Exodus that this king knew nothing about Joseph and, uh, and as he as he looked and he's seen he's seen the many like the Israelites had grew and had multiplied in number and uh, and the king of Egypt, this new king, he didn't like this and uh, and so he began to oppress the people he forced them into slave labor and that, but it didn't stop their numbers growing. they continued to multiply And so he, he enforced this horrendous, law he spoke to the to the Egyptian midwives and said whenever you're whenever you're at the stool of uh, of delivery to bring a uh, new life to the Hebrew mothers and a baby boy is born you are instructed you must kill him. Well, like, I can just barely imagine the horror of such a law imagine the horror of this um, being en- enacted in the community of uh, of these israelite mothers and uh, horrendous but this is this is the, this is the moment that we find ourselves in and, Mo- uh, uh, and moses was born into this moment moses was born into this context and his mother, as mothers do, she was not going to let him go without a fight. We don't know how it happened, but she gave birth to Moses and she was able to hide him for three months. And when she felt like she could hide him no longer, she, she made this basket. She made this basket and she set her little boy, can you imagine the pain of that? The anguish as she set her little three-month-old boy into this basket and placed him in the Nile. And Pharaoh's daughter is the one that finds this little baby, making its way down the river, caught in the bulrushes, and uh, and anyway, so I would just try to bring the story on. Um, ultimately, uh, Moses finds himself living in Egypt. I suppose as, a, as an adopted son of pharaoh's daughter and so he grows up in a place he's living in luxury he's in a place where he's receiving the finest education I suppose he's in a place where he's in a place of influence he's in a place where he's incredibly well connected and then he gets into a few disagreements he finds himself making his way down to where the Israelites are working in slavery and he gets himself into a few disagreements he finds himself in a, in a in a few battles and ultimately finds himself on the run from Pharaoh and so we pick up the story in Exodus chapter 3 he's on the run from Pharaoh he has he is Uh, he's married now, uh, his wife is Zipporah, Uh, he's now got a a little boy called Gershom and so Moses was tending the flock, Exodus chapter 3, Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian and he led the flock to the far side of the desert Or maybe some of your versions will say of the wilderness. To the far side of the desert or the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And then he said, God said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And at this Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. And Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell him? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites, that I am has sent me to you. It's a well-known story, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful story and I find myself just uh, reflecting on it the la- over the last couple of days. And Moses was in this place, Moses had been in this place where he was receiving the best education. He had, had this access to whoever he wanted, whenever he wanted. He had this freedom to come and go as he pleased, but it was seems to be that it was the wilderness that formed him. It seems to be that it was the shepherding of this little flock that shaped him to be the the person that prepared him to be the person that God could ultimately use. And so, what I would love to say to you this morning, what I've what I've what I've felt um, just an encouragement for my own soul in this time, is what seems like restriction. Is actually preparation. What seems like restriction is actually preparation. So for forty years, Moses found him found himself in a place where he had, where he where he had access to whatever he wanted. He he had the, the position, he had the place, he had the, he had in some ways he he possibly even had the power and just had this ability to do what he wanted to go any place that he wanted. Now he finds himself out in the wilderness. Finds himself in this little community, shepherding this little flock. But and what seems like restriction is actually preparation. And what seems like deconstruction is actually formation. And this can and maybe that's what's going on right now. It feels like all of the things that we've been building are are we been building our, our church models. We've been putting together so so much effort into our church programmes and our community efforts and our evangelism strategies and all of that it feels like because we can't be out and about and we can't do the things that we're used to we don't have that same freedom to come and go as we please we maybe feel like things are, are, are deconstructing i wonder if that like moses i wonder if there's times that moses sitting in the wilderness sitting in the in the heat of the desert looking after a few sheep he thought back to where he was he thought of what life was like, the comfort and the ease that came with the, the life that he was once living. And I wonder if there was times where he, like, where he was now, everything had just, all of the things that had become really important to him, all of the life that he had built for himself in Egypt was now deconstructing. But what seems like deconstruction is actually formation so maybe you feel restricted maybe you feel that sort of sense of deconstructing but i'd love to encourage you today and i think that we can learn from the life of moses that it is actually a a time of preparation it is actually a time of formation shaping you in to who god wants you to be ultimately shaping you in more and more into the likeness of jesus but But the the important thing that we see in this story and the important thing I think for us, I think the important thing for me, we must turn aside. We must pay attention. We must come and have a closer look. Humanity, the human race, had not had a word of hope for a long time. had not had a word of hope for a long time and then and then this guy moses walks past a shrub he walks past a little bush that is burning and i am pretty sure that he he walked past it before i'm pretty sure that others had walked past many burning bushes before like this they were in the desert it was incredibly hot it's incredibly hot in the desert and I'm sure it was, we're told, like this, you don't have to read too far to know that that would have not have been an irregular occurrence, that a bush had went on fire. And so maybe, maybe many had walked past it, maybe Moses had walked past uh, this burning bush on many occasions. Others likewise. And it's the importance, I think, of, of what we read in, in verses 3 and 4 that I think is worth us reflecting on. Moses has seen this bush on fire and he thinks to himself, I am going to go over and take a closer look. There's a moment that he stopped. There's a moment that he decided to pay attention and walk over for a closer look. And it's verse 4, it says when the Lord seen that Moses had gone over to look, is when he called his name. So, so as I'm reflecting on this the last couple of days, I'm thinking of uh, without any guilt or condemnation, how many, how many burning bushes have I walked past? How often have I missed a moment? That i didn't stop pay attention and draw closer come in push in a bit further for a closer look how many times have i missed the voice of god because i wasn't willing to stop and to pay attention this time he he'd maybe walked past it many times before but this time His usual routine was interrupted to pay attention to the presence of God. So I would love to encourage you with that. And you've maybe heard this many times over the last 11-12 weeks. But it's worth repeating again. As our our, our usual routines are interrupted. Like Moses did here. Our usual routine would be interrupted so that we would pay attention to the presence of God. And in this moment, as we read on, as as we reflect on the whole portion that we've read here this morning. In this moment of stopping to pay attention, Moses experienced the presence of God. He heard the voice of God. And he received revelation of the name and the character and the person of God. What like? What do we miss? When well, we don't allow our usual routines to be interrupted, in order to lean in a bit closer. See Moses this time encountered the presence the voice and the revelation of God i think there's there's possibly i'm sure there's many more lessons from the burning bush that i'm going to offer you this morning but i think there's a there the lesson of the burning bush is that it, sh- that it shatters our expectation. See, Moses came to have a closer look because he's seen that, that this bush was on fire, but it did not burn up. I think that the lesson is that we need our expectations shattered. We need the limits that we have set ourselves the limits that we have set more significantly the limits we've set on God need to be shattered See the burning the burning bush this this moment I love that it happens in the everyday life see this encounter it didn't happen in the in the in the well put together worship service it didn't put it didn't happen in whenever all the right people were in the room It happened in the ordinary, routine things of life. And I think that's a lesson for us. See, Moses was out tending the flock of his father-in-law's sheep. And he's leading the flock to the far side of the desert. See, it's just in the normal, routine things of life. That we have this burning bush moment and I love that as Moses stops pays attention and comes closer he receives a revelation of who God is it begins to he begins to speak to Moses of his of who he truly is the God of your father of Abraham of Isaac and of Jacob reminds them, reminds Moses of of who he is. We need this. We spoke about it on Thursday as we spoke about the, the discipline of worship. We're longing for a, a fuller revelation of who God is. If we could if we could get a glimpse when we get an understanding of the heart of the Father our our natural response will be to worship. Our natural response would be to come with this level of expectation that he is going to speak to us we get an understanding of his heart and his love and his affection for us that's what will cause us to obey we need a revelation of his of his of his nature of who he has revealed himself he goes on to reveal himself he goes on to reveal himself as one who is incredibly kind and compassionate one who has seen and has heard and is concerned with the pain and the misery of his people. And so, not only does Moses have the, this revelation of who God is, but he also, in this burning bush moment, has a revelation of who he is. He says, "the He says to Moses, or he says to God, sorry, who." Who am I? Like, look at work. Look at me. I'm not. I'm not wearing the right stuff. I'm not surrounded by the right people. I'm not in the place of influence. I don't. I wouldn't know what to say. I wouldn't know what where to begin. How, what? How is it? How is it me? Who am I? And so God begins to encourage him. To say, like, Moses, all you need to do is make yourself available and I will be with you. I will be with you. I will be all that you need. So I, I, we don't know exactly what was going on in Moses' mind but I do know enough about what goes on in my mind and the minds of people that I'm close to. So we can allow our, the, our, our guilt to define us, we can allow our moments of failure to define us, we can allow our inadequacies to define us and I think with this as as, as God speaks reveals, his, reveals who he is to Moses and then reveals what he has in store for Moses he's communicating to Moses that Moses like all that you've done the guilt that you maybe feel from what's happened previously the sense of failure that you might feel because of where you have found yourself the inadequacies of of what you feel about your ability to speak and to communicate and to and to stand before a person of power None of that none of that no longer defines you. That's why I think our, these burning bush moments are really important for us. Because if we would stop and pay attention and take a closer look, we have this we have this what's available to us is to encounter the presence and the voice and the revelation of God. He reveals he's going to remind us. He's going to reveal who he is. He's going to reveal his nature. He's going to reveal his name. He's going to remind us of who we are. What he has planned for us. And I think it's wrapped up in, in, some of this is wrapped up in verse 7 and, and 8 and 9. We get an understanding of of who God is. When he says, I've seen and I have heard, and I am concerned. He comes and it's like he's, he's saying to Moses, like he thought I wasn't listening. Or the people have assumed that I wasn't listening. The people have assumed that I have been ignoring their pleas. But it's not true. It couldn't be any further from the truth. And Maybe if there's some of you listening now, or maybe there's people that you know of, now that they feel that same way they feel that that he's not listening you know feel that he's ignoring your pleas ignoring your cries but he's not he's not he has heard and, and all that's going on in this in these moments of the pain and the distress and the anxiety all that you're feeling he sees that and he hears it and he is concerned that's the first thing he revealed to Moses as that's he continues to be the same his heart remains the same the heart of the Father for you remains the same he has seen and he has heard and he is concerned But I do think that he's looking, he's longing for a people that will that will stop and will pay attention, that will draw close to the to those burning bush moments and pay attention to his presence and to his voice and to what he is wanting to reveal. Because we're told it in verse in verse nine, now that the cry has reached me and I have seen their oppression. I am coming down, I am coming down to deliver them. So go, I am sending you. <laughs> I am coming down to deliver them. Now you go, because I'm sending you. He is determined. It's always been his heart. It's always been the deep longing of the heart of Father God is the partner with us to see his kingdom come. And so he says to Moses, I've seen and I've heard and I'm concerned. And this is what we're going to do. I am going to come down and I'm going to send you. So what his rescue, he's going to rescue, he's going to set people free by sending us. He's going to respond to the hurts and the pains and the feeling of anxiety and worthlessness and all of those emotions that are maybe stirred in this season. He's going to come down. He's going to make himself present in his sending of us. It's always been the Father's heart to partner with his sons and daughters to see his kingdom come, to see the oppressed set free, to see blind eyes open, to see people that thought that they had nothing else to live for, to bring hope and to bring life. And so my challenge, I suppose, my encouragement to you. See the burning bush, it, it, it's a lesson. It's a story of call and response. So there is a call. There's a call and a destiny in each one of us. But it does, it demands a response. It demands us from from uh, interrupting our usual routines in order To attend to the presence of God to pay attention and to draw close and God's heart he is longing and willing to transform anyone who is willing to turn aside and look a bit closer and to pay attention that's so his longing is that he would transform you he would transform you in the way that he transformed Moses by revealing himself who he he truly is and then reminding you of who you truly are as you respond to his call he is longing to transform he's longing to do an inner work of transformation in you no matter where you find yourself in just the ordinary routine areas and places of your life that's where it happened for Moses and that's where it can happen for us that's where it can happen for you But we need to remember we need to hold this really closely he's longing to transform you but not just for your sake it's so that you would in in response to the work of transformation in you would then be able to be to begin to see a work of transformation in others and that's what the story goes on to tell us many ups and downs along the way for sure but this burning bush moment was pivotal it was this burning bu- bush moment that that absolutely transformed and altered the course the trajectory of moses's life and thank goodness he paid attention thank goodness he turned aside because there was a whole nation was set free because he paid attention to the presence and the voice and the revelation of god so i don't want us to respond i don't want us to like this to cause any sort of any fear or anxiety like what if we miss like what if we miss this moment but i'm encouraging you to ask the lord to come with with surrendered heart with ears and eyes that are open ready to pay attention ready to have our schedules completely interrupted as most of them already are in order to receive revelation that would transform us and then transform others around us i hope there's enough there i hope there's something in there that we could that we could wrestle with as families in our uh in our homes with friends as we maybe gather in our fours or sixes um but again we we uh we wish we were doing this in, in person but we, we continue to, to miss you and to love you and long to be able to help you in any way that we can. So uh, have a great day, have a great week and I uh, hope to be in touch soon. Bless you all.